1: The McCovey Croncast, the San Francisco Giants podcast for SB Nation. I'm Brian Murphy, former managing editor of McCovey Chronicles, and with me is Doug Brizzoni, who writes about the Giants at GiantsDoug.substack.com. Doug Alex Cobb described the Giants as pressing. How would you describe this past week's of, week of Giants baseball?
0: I'd say it was depressing. <laughs> oh, oh. Boom. boom! Nailed it. <laughs>
1: Alex Cobb set me up. I didn't even—he <laughs> didn't even realize he's
0: never even heard my name.
1: <laughs> the Giants won a baseball game uh, right after we record this. I got to tell you, I, it didn't make my headache go away.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> I, you yeah. know, I spent that entire game being positive they were going to lose it. I, uh, I tuned in like an inning after Longoria had hit the grand slam, so it was like the Giants were up six to three, and I was like, they're losing.
1: The Giants, yeah, the Giants are 60 and 61. They had one of those terrible Coors Field games. You said Evan Longoria. That's why I'm interrupting you right now. What an amazing game that Evan Longoria had. As Dave Fleming said, maybe one of the best games he's ever had. Certainly as a Giant, it's probably one or two. But it was a pretty incredible game. Defensively, offensively. um, He had like old
0: man dad strength going the whole time. It was pretty cool. He did. No, I mean, it was, it was as good as he's ever played, as well as he's ever played. He, he had a double that would have been a homer in any other park. He had a grand slam. He made an amazing defensive play in the ninth. And then he made the defensive play in the 11th to win the game. I, you know, no, no complaints about Evan Longoria when he's been on the field this year. He's been, he's been excellent.
1: And last uh, year, I mean, that, yeah, last year, too. it was, uh, before he that, was before the injury. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's been, you know, I don't think he's coming back, but, uh, stranger things have happened and I I, guess think he is,
0: I think they're going to pick up the option.
1: See, so then that's, this is kind of teasing our second segment where we're going to kind of talk about the future. I think that's why every Giants fan is listening to a podcast right now, right? They're trying to figure out what's going on with the Giants right now. And when's it going (laughs) to stop? Uh, like we saw the Giants have a five game winning streak to, that, that came to an end. Um, this is since our last episode. They had a five-game winning streak that came to an end, and it morphed into uh, a five-game losing streak. The playoff odds are down to under 5%. Um, you know, out of the seven-game losing streak, out of the All-Star break, you know, they're, they're very far back in any playoff hunt. They don't really look very good uh, on – one side of the ball, I th- or t- let's say there are four phases to the game: get your starting pitching, get your lineup, you got your defense and your your bullpen. That's not technically how it breaks down. Pitching is usually glommed into one, but we we sure know that those bullpenners can't pitch at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're
1: really they're bad. Not. No, um, and the defense. No. I would say the defense has kind of gotten its shit together the last couple weeks. It's not terrible.
0: Yeah, no, you don't. You don't notice them specifically losing games anymore, um, which is a big improvement over the first several months of the season. So that's exciting. Uh, the The starting pitching has been good. You know, Alex Wood put up a sinker in Coors Field, but uh, even with good starting pitchers, you'll occasionally get a bad performance. Yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not. Um, awesome. But the starting pitching, I think, has been good for the last couple of weeks. And uh, going
1: back to your to your boy Alex Cobb, I yeah.
0: mean. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's been
1: pitching great. All the underlying numbers that, you know, the sabermetrics community really wants you to point to, those have been solid all year. And, and I think to the point of the defense playing okay, he's actually starting to help the Giants are actually starting to win the games he's pitching a little bit more often. So there's, there's that going on. Um, yeah,
0: and he, He's doing the same things. It's just, he finally has a competent major league defense behind him. And that's the only difference.
1: I'm kind of dancing around here, but you know, there's, there's basically, the Giants have a ton of negatives that we could focus on. Um, Another thing I want to focus on uh, that's negative before I get into a couple of positives. And then we'll go, we'll go back to the, the big issue, the horseshoe theory that we had discussed off air, Doug. That is one other thing Uh, today was the Giants 20th win against the division team. They're now 20 and 31 against the NL West which is a little bit better than thirty eight percent of a win percentage. Um, their lowest winning percentage against the National League West over the last ten years uh, was three eighty two, and that was in twenty seventeen when they went twenty nine and forty seven. I was surprised to learn that in um, twenty thirteen when they also had a losing record, they were actually forty four and thirty two against the NL West. So really, except for like one of their worst seasons ever, and then let's not forget in twenty eighteen when they had the worst September ever. Well, they still were able to go 500 against the West This year has a potential to threaten their record, like ha- be one of their worst, if not worst, um, records against their own division. Um, I don't think that has everything to do with why they're not in the playoff hunt, but it certainly is an indicator that they're not very good this year.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, the, they've played, I think, four series against the Dodgers. They swept one and they, they got swept in all the others. Yeah, So, so <laughs> that's that's been a problem, you know, that the Dodgers are just too good. Um, yeah it's not it's not something that the league should allow i think they should be broken up into at least three different teams um and that'll give us a nice even 32 and then you have uh eight divisions with four teams each and you're welcome baseball i've just solved all of your problems
1: and mookie Betts should have to play for all three of them
0: no mookie Betts gets uh traded to japan okay that's
1: better okay i like that better yeah um yeah that's good And uh, yeah, so that uh, another thing that doesn't look very good to them uh, about them, but I want to mention two things that do look good. Joey Bart has looked much better since coming back from Sacramento. I know I've made mention of that every so often, but basically he's above league average as a hitter now. Um, I think the pitchers, the pitchers standing by him, they were doing that earlier in the season and him being behind the plate really does make a difference. This is not like Buster Posey 2.0 right now, but it's important to to acknowledge that in a year where the entire farm system has not really progressed, right. Yes. <laughs> uh, that they've actually been able to show some progress from one of their prospects. It's important to note that over, you know, first half or second half of the year, Joey Bart's game has improved significantly. Now the other thing I want to say, I only have these numbers through yesterday, but he had a great game again uh, on Sunday. Uh, I only have these numbers through Saturday. <laughs> I have to pretend <laughs> um, yeah. that, but, Basically, Brandon Crawford's hitting has a 900 OPS since he's been back um, from the IL on August 6th. Um, And I think everyone written off Brandon Crawford for a lot of reasons, um, his age, his position, um, the fact that he's never been known as like he he was never considered an elite hitter or anything like that. But, you know, he's hitting very well and playing solid defense. And I would imagine that the defense turning around um, is in no small part because he's come back and playing playing better.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, Tyro Estrada is okay at shortstop, and he's good at second base, but he's not a shortstop. Um, And then, you know, they were dealing with Dixon Machado, and they had Jason Vossler there for a game. Um, And the team just can't really handle having kind of a hole there. And then you add in that Brandon Crawford before his injury was not this Brandon Crawford. Um, He's gotten a lot better, I think, defensively since coming back. And so that's been helping the team a lot. They've desperately needed some solidity up the middle, which is something that he's been able to provide.
1: You know, he's basically making a, a nice run here. He'll he'll get his OPS plus back to 100 pretty soon here. I'm on Baseball Reference now. And, you know, Evan Longoria has been – he's has a one – what is this? A 120 OPS plus, Jock Peterson 127. You know, you start looking around – the lineup, the offense hasn't been all that terrible. Uh, the defense, you know, is kind of getting it together. And then we arrive at our boy, Brandon Belt.
0: Oh, and Brandon
1: um, Belt. <laughs> and um, I mean, I think it's time for the captain to retire. So <laughs> it's kind of my thought on, on that. But uh, I think him, the, the big story was him bunting. In the eighth, in a, in a key game, uh, sorry, earlier in the week, but there was also the bunting against um, the Diamondbacks pitcher, who I'm now completely blanking on, Zach Gallen, who was just absolutely fustigating the Giants. But uh, no, no, no question. So that bunt was more of a concession. But you know, Brandon Brandon Belt's supposed to be a middle of the lineup monster hitter, and I think he's he's just his knees o- caused him to just be completely overwhelmed this year. He doesn't look like the same player. He doesn't look like he's more than like a bench bat at this point. So it's been rough.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's been one of the more depressing parts of watching this season um, is seeing Brandon Belt just not able to do what he used to do. Um, And I don't necessarily think that he needs to retire. I think if you give him five months off, that knee might come back. Um, I mean, if you look at what happened with Buster Posey last year, where he took a year off, and he came back, and he was rejuvenated. Um, you know that it's not out of the question for that to happen with Belt. He has been dealing with this this knee thing for a while. I remember seeing the enormous brace on his knee in the clubhouse in 2019, and be like, "Oh, that's that's not good. That, that's not what you want." Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it could be that rest will help him, but at the same time, I also don't think that he's ever going to be an everyday player again. Yeah. Um, and so in the current baseball landscape, that's still a player you can use. Um, you know, you can sign a guy to play against righties to get 400 plate appearances, maybe Ooh, um, super be a, generous, but yeah, <laughs> you know, 300. Or four, well, you know, yeah. if he's he had some other injuries this year too. Right. Yeah. Um, but just to sort of come back at 300, 400 plate appearances, be a good player, be a good clubhouse presence, mentor guys. Um I think that's on the table for him. I don't see him being an everyday first baseman again.
1: But you know, as the captain of the Enterprise, I think it's time to uh, make way for a next generation. There, he, he's <laughs> uh, he really. I guess what I'm getting at is, he really came into the year with a, with the a head of steam and uh, and and the body just sort of betrayed that to a large degree. Um, but yeah, I think you look at all the pieces the Giants have, and you, I. It's not their record is not a surprise. Like just taking all, everything we just said was just taken together. Um, they have some good parts. They have some not so good parts. The parts they thought were going to be good are letting them down. And and look, they're basically a five hundred team. The bunting though, let us let us speak upon the bunts. <laughs> Let's speak of the bunts because you had a really great thing that you said before about bunting. You know, the Giants are bunting in key situations a lot more often now than you would imagine. Um, and I, I'm kind of ambivalent because at this point I'm like, who cares? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so for a long time, obviously the prevailing sabermetric wisdom was basically don't bunt. Like, just just don't. Bunt. I know you want to bunt. I know it's really tempting to bunt, to move that guy at second. Nobody out. You have a guy at second. You bunt him over to third. He'll probably score. You should, bunt. And there's like, just don't do that. You score more runs if you don't do that. And then, you know, it's kind of start it started last year a little bit with Belt bunning for a hit here and there, where they were the Giants were like, you know, if this is there, we can just take it. Right? Yeah. We can just take it. We can get this free single. It'll be great. And then what happens? They start bunting more. And now their offense is too bunt heavy. It's it is what I call the horseshoe theory of bunting. Uh where you just you You know, you go so far on the line of sabermetrics that you end up exactly where you started where people are bunting in just regular sacrifice situations. And then, you know, you have Henry Shulman on Twitter being like, was he bunting for a sacrifice or a hit? And Susan Seltzer saying, it it was just a sacrifice. And they're just bunting now. Um, And it's just, it's come all the way around again to just do the same things teams used to do, but now with different reasoning where you think you're smart. Except it's not smart. You know, we've already figured out this doesn't work to score runs. Well, I th-
1: the, the larger point of like giving up the out, I still think that makes as like a bright line sabermetric thing that makes a lot of sense. But to me, even when that wasn't the peak when you had the T-shirts with stop bunting or whatever you know, because it lowers your run expectancy, you know, some people were smart enough to bring up the point of like, yeah, but if you're the home team and you only need one run to score, what does it matter? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you're just trying to score one run. If it increases your chances of, of scoring one run by, by putting a runner at third, then that's not a, that's not a stupid play a hundred percent of the time. But I did want to bring up back in June. I think we might've touched on this, but Ben Clemens for fan graphs, wrote, you know, an article called the giants love to bunt or do they, and it's a really fantastic article. I recommend everyone um, just reading it. It's, it's really easy to read. It's like very well-written, very clean. Um, And it talks about how the giants, it goes right to that point of like, they're not bunting just to bunt to make outs they're bunting for hits and it's been very successful for them. Um, And it also can look really cool, especially when you do it surprised and you drop it down. Um, and, you know, for Belt, I wonder if that's contributed to his knee getting hurt, right? <laughs> He's moving around a lot more uh, bunting. But uh, so, yeah, but it, it is sort of like at the end of the day, this is kind of setting up our second half here. It's like, what are the Giants doing? <laughs> it's like, what's going on here? Because uh, I think at the end of the day, they're doing, they're doing everything they can to win. I don't think that's um, a question now. The other argument is, are they spending enough money to win all that? Those are kind of larger questions. But if, if you just look at this team as a container for this year of like the organization of what they're trying to do. Yeah, they're trying to maximize every opportunity to score a run, whether that's platoon, whether that's bunting. But at the same time, it's like this is not not like this. This isn't Sorry. what we wanted. <laughs> and and as we've seen, it's largely not fantastic baseball. Um, and we're going to get into this in the second in, in a bit. Uh, About the future, because, you know, the Giants basically didn't have a great week, um, really. And they have a weird two off days this coming week. So there's going to be a lot of of meat to chew on. And also, they're going to probably be watching teams play a lot more games that can either help or hurt them in this convoluted playoff run. But before we hit the break, Doug, do you think the Giants are going to make the playoffs
0: this year? Well, what even are the playoffs, really? (laughs) Webster's Dictionary defines them as a money grab by Major League Baseball owners. Uh, um, so. No, no, they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, um, I think what you saw over the last week and over, you know, even with the five-game winning streak, uh, but over the weeks before that, too, the the team's just not good enough. Uh, they're not good enough to make it. If they did, by some miracle, make it because every team in front of them collapsed horribly, they wouldn't be good enough to, to do any damage in it. Um the the absolute best case scenario that's possible for the giants is getting swept by the dodgers in the second round of the playoffs the giants have 41 games remaining they'll have
1: two off days like i said um, and then the sandwich between these two off days will be two road games in detroit before three in minnesota um they're they're playing uh, they're t- they're doing poorly in the division they're bad on the road the giants are they 25 26 and 31 the Tigers are bad. They're bad at home. Um, <laughs> uh, you know it, the ti- the Twins are in a fighting for a playoff spot. It's going to be a tough week, I think. Any way you cut it. Um, and then I I didn't answer the question. I just asked you. I don't think the Giants are going to make the playoffs this year either. Um, I did want to bring out bring up the point that you were completely right. They completely set up their season to hope for a Padres collapse because somehow they knew. You wrote about this. That uh, sometimes you just can't escape the persona that you have. Right,
0: <laughs> exactly. It's, it's who the Padres are. You know, I I didn't really believe it until it started happening. I was like, no, they got away from it this year. They're not going to be the Padres. And then just little by little, you know, Tatis gets suspended. The team starts falling apart. Like, no matter what A.J. Preller does, he is still the general manager of the the San Diego Padres. I don't think
1: you mentioned this because you're like, okay, so Juan Soto, so Fernando Tatis' suspension essentially wipes out acquiring um, Juan Soto. And then, you know, they get Josh Hader, and that essentially wipes out their their bullpen situation. But uh, also, uh, like, getting Bob Melvin is why I thought, oh, that's how they'll not be the Padres this year. But A.J. Preller, he, he cancels out Bob Melvin.
0: Yeah, no, because he's the boss. <laughs> yes. So what the boss says goes. Yeah, we didn't think about that. No. So it's, it's, uh, that was the maybe the
1: Giants way in here is, it, and if maybe the Giants play well this week, we did say last week that these next two weeks would decide right. the season. So
0: theoretically, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, 0, yeah, 5 and 0 coming yes, up. Yes, that's right.
1: And then. then to set up a showdown with the Padres, you never know. But I did want to point out, like, why, okay, if we think the Giants are going to make the playoffs this year and they don't look that great right now, then what are we watching for this year? And, you know, even to some extent next year, like, what, where are the Giants? Are, um, you know, and I think the team is kind of already trying to get us to think about next year. We're seeing a lot more Kyle Harrison and Casey Schmidt dap going on online. Um, Kyle Harrison, I think, has gotten two NBC Sports posts this past week. Which is a little bizarre to me, um, as he's only newly in Double A. Casey Schmidt just got that promotion of Double A, um, but like, what? I think the other part of it is is um, there's nothing to really root for for next year. That's why they're trying to remind you that they do have prospects, because the 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 minor league season went sort of so badly, and maybe it's coming around a little bit here at the end. But all that really means is like, well, hopefully they all hit the ground running next year and maybe halfway through next year, heading into the following season, there will be some hope. But um, like, this is another thing you wrote about, and I really do want to focus on this. So you really wrote about the, what is the Giants process right now?
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) But
1: there is a process. I think, I think we can debate whether or not that's going to be effective. I mean, you're, Doug wrote an article, go check it out giantsdoug.substack.com. and it's basically that the giants are churning 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 they're just churning the the process of the churn is the churn it's just getting guys and if that guy doesn't work get another guy and that's it
0: there is just the churn <laughs> that's right. we are all we're all subject to the churn yeah so i mean they've spent you know obviously since farhan came aboard but especially in the last month and a half, two months, they have just been going through guy after guy after guy after guy on the back of the 40-man to see, I, I don't know what they're trying to see. You know, they're not really giving them time to evaluate. I I had this whole very long paragraph where I took like a month and a half of transactions and it was 150 words of just guy, them cutting guys who like would show up. Five lines later in the paragraph, when they signed them, it was like you know, oh yeah, eleven days after they signed this guy, then they DFA him. Why? I don't know. I don't know what they're accomplishing. I don't know what they're doing. You know, it's awful for the players. Didn't even get into that that they're they have that the Giants basically make them uproot their entire lives, and then make them do it again when they get DFA'd. Um, so I don't hundred percent know what the process is. I'm not sure what they're doing. They're trying to find, I guess, the next Mike uh Luis can, Gonzalez. Gonzalez, who their team undervalued. Um, but, you know, the best players they found that way, they've had at the beginning of the year. You know, Yastrzemski, Donovan Solano. Um, uh, I mean, Gonzalez this year, Jacob Junis this year, Lamont Wade Jr. This year, those are guys they identified in spring training um that i guess the one exception would be alex dickerson who had that good who was good pretty good for a couple of years um before he fell apart but even still like they're better at identifying those guys it seems like in spring training than they are during the year and so it just feels like tinkering for the sake of tinkering like farhan doesn't know how to not do it i don't know I'm not even
1: sure if it's tinker I think you're I think that's probably more accurate that it's the spring training it's more time but it does seem like they're trying to case test their lab and see what actually is the they're basically trying to say what players even work best in our in our tinkering in our teaching system because it, it the more time you need to train a guy right? The, the fewer guys you can evaluate or actually plug in over time. And it seems to me that the entire point is to try to get as many undervalued players to coach up, I think, or tweak. Uh, that That's what the tinkering is, what I think. It's just you're trying to find guys with one or two good skills or guys that are borderline on one or two good skills. And you want to see if you can technology them or coach them into being solid in, on in those skills because I think what's going on here is a realization that the Giants have the money to play with the big boys but not the interest and so in order to get three or four or let's be even more conservative two or three really big free agents they have to they're gonna have to actually overspend even above what the market might get them at their peak just to land a couple of the guys they'd actually want who they know could help them. And so now Far Anxiety is looking at the team going like, well, if ownership's going to demand I get the Aaron judges, how am I going to make this work with everything else? And I'm going to have to keep relying on finding my 25 or, yeah, my 25 through 40 on the 40 man as being running through discards because I'm not going to be able to develop this many players (laughs) who aren't going to make that much. That's what it seems like to me. I I think people aren't considering that the Giants are a desirable free agent destination. I, I don't think they are. 20 years of evidence suggests that unless you're like a starting pitcher, you're not. They're, they're yeah, They're not.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's and, you know, you can work with that. Right. If you can sign those starting pitchers, you can trade for or hopefully develop right yes Hitter. no for and then, sure you know, and, but yeah. it's it's not working out so well this year i mean i'll say it, i don't i don't even know that there's a ton of development th- coaching they're trying to do you know if you pick up aaron fletcher and then him four days later like what, what 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 what's the coaching there you're like hey uh do you want to try to learn a change up he's like no <laughs> <laughs> shut up
1: or it could just simply be like Dominic Leone looks like, or, or Harlan Garcia both look like they're on fumes. Is this really an underlying injury? And now we're going to have to like find a matchy matchy, like stature guy, um, experience level guy for that to fill in for him. If this guy has to go in the IL or if we lose him
0: for the year, that, that could that also is, be, that big. is, I think why they have Alex young. Yeah. yeah. That's...
1: Um, who's who's doing a remarkably competent Harlen Garcia in the early part of the year and last year impression so
0: well he he was until yesterday
1: yeah um so i i think what what is there to root for right now i mean oh let me just actually rewind this back i mean another part of um why i think that is their draft strategy has been largely on offense focused on offense which is you know that's the free agent market i would say has more attractive hitters but the giants have to spend more to get those kinds of guys so how do you just develop your own that can maybe get in there or how do you find a guy or two who can give you some some quality for less i think that's part of it the other thing i wanted to say about all this about this year next year is if you're a giants fan i think you should just sit back and go we were sold a genius so this is not entirely a criticism of of him and i i think it's more i'm criticizing the lore the 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 cult that's built up around him because at the end of the day, for anxiety, he's just a man <laughs> and he's, he's obviously very intelligent, very into baseball. He's very successful at the end of the day. All he really is demonstrating to us is that demonstrating to me, at least I'll, I'll just leave it at myself is that he is definitely in the upper echelon of the current mindset in baseball. That doesn't necessarily have anything to do with cutting edge, or like, But it, to me, he hasn't figured out something that other teams haven't figured out. He knows whatever, like he's simply just at the forefront of what everyone knows to be doing at this point. Because to me, all the churn, all the stuff that you mentioned, Doug, all of the stuff that Farnside is doing, it, it's indistinguishable from what Brian Sabian did when he took over. It's just it was a different era and players were evaluated differently and they were trained differently and all that stuff. So the context is a little bit different. But essentially, at the end of the day, it's like a young guy getting a shot and taking over and applying his his experience and his own knowledge and his own brain to to putting a team together. And and this is what we're getting. So to me, it's you know what I mean? Like we're not our minds are not being blown by something that's never been seen before. We are simply should trust that the Giants are in pretty good hands with someone who's not like from the who's not a generation behind.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll, here's what I think. Farhan's really good at exploiting small edges, but I haven't seen him create a big one. You know, yeah. I think that's that's what the Giants need, right? That's It seemed like they had that last year, and maybe it's um, Posey retiring was a big part of that, or, you know, Buster Posey just by himself was a huge advantage for the team, especially the way he hit in 2021. Um, then they lost that, and he didn't have a way to replace it. But, you know, we're not seeing the creativity to make the team much, much better. We're just seeing that he's you know, he, he's tinkering, he's pushing these tiny edges again and again and again, and maybe they'll get a win or two out, out of that. But if they're a 500 team, a win or two doesn't move the needle a whole lot. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day,
1: again, this is the same thing. What's indistinguishable for me is uh, from, pre, from Brian Sabian or just any old baseball stuff that you grew up with, that unless the farm system develops... Will Clark, Robbie Thompson, you know, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Bell, whatever generation of giants you want to go with till they start developing their own players. They're not going to get very far.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was, that was what Sabian did. That was so incredible because um, that 97 team had nobody who was homegrown basically. I mean, they, Bill Miller, who was a good player. Uh, Rich Aurelia basically counts. I mean, they got him in a, in a trade with the Rangers, but he was, and when he was like a ball, but, I mean, otherwise, that entire team was free agents and trades. Um, yeah, and
1: but now you're dealing with the situation where, again, Brian Sabian was probably at the forefront for his time. But now you're at a situation where, you know, every GM, even the dumb ones now, as few as they are, they're super stingy. You know what I mean? Like, the idea that you're remaking a roster through one or two big trades, it, it's far-fetched. It's just...
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, so they have to find a way... You know, you, you have to find a way if you're a GM to to get that big advantage to get that great player, and we haven't seen Farhan do that, and that really is his job. You know, he's tried a few times, um, and the Giants, they, the team, even tried before him. They tried with the Stanton trade that that Stanton vetoed uh, in in 2017. But um, that's what they need. They need they need a superstar, uh, and I'm sure marketing agrees. But I don't care about marketing. I just on the field they need someone. Who can who can take over a game? Uh, yeah, more often than, than Longoria can, as right. great as that was,
1: as great as it was. Oh, so then now that brings us back. So that's you think along those lines. That's why they're going to they're gonna they're gonna go for it. They're gonna dip back into the Longoria pool and have him back. Because no, of, I, this I think they're gonna
0: dip into the Longoria pool because his option isn't for that much money, uh, like in baseball terms, and they have the money, and so they might as well try to get a good player out of it. Um, I mean, you know, if you can get a good player for I, I think it's a like a thirteen million dollar option of five million dollars. Buy out yeah, the Rays are
1: paying two million of it, I think. Yeah. Like that. So yeah. I mean
0: basically eight eight million dollars for Evan Longoria, yeah, you give that a shot. Absolutely. Yeah, um, that's barely even a decision. It doesn't matter he's gonna be thirty seven next year. Um you just do it. Yeah. Plus you could D H him, especially if, if yeah. Belt's not coming back and um, you know, and, you know uh, if you get- half season out of him, but it's still a good half season, then that's that's totally worth it.
1: Yeah, and then we haven't even talked about this. We could have done an entire episode about this, but, you know, J.D. Davis, they're just going to have. You know? Uh, even yeah. though I said we didn't talk about him because the best part of the J.D. Davis story is that he hates the Giants, um, <laughs> but he has no choice right now. <laughs>
0: he's, he, he seemed to be a good citizen since he came over. He's doing and saying all the right I things. I mean, he
1: deleted his Twitter account with yeah. all of his anti-Giants tweets.
0: <laughs> hey, we can't ask for more than that. So we know he's smart that he deleted his Twitter account. Everyone should delete their Twitter accounts. Um, but yeah, I mean,
1: look, it's frustrating from last year. But again, the, the, the brilliance of last year was that it reset their losing streak clock which really is all that mattered to me. And they have a lot of stuff that they have to get together. They have, you know, uh, the the players that they brought on that they carried over into this year. I I don't, there's not really any part of this process that uh, we've talked about this ad nauseum. It's like, you know, Kevin Gossman and, and Carlos Rudon, you probably just want to have both of them. And then, but then now you look at it and you go, if you had both of them this year, does that remarkably change the performance of the bullpen and the defense? I'm not sure. I mean, the the defense
0: probably not, but the bullpen maybe. You know, if the bullpen yeah. doesn't have to work so hard.
1: Well, it wasn't like Kevin Gossman was reliably getting you past six innings most of the time, anyway. I but mean,
0: it's not like most of the rotation is getting you past four innings yeah. for a lot of the season.
1: Yeah, and then but then you look at it and you go, okay, well we can we can have one great starting pitcher and one great hitter, and then the rest will will Jacob Junis the margins and see how we almost turned Jacob Junis into last year's Anthony Discofani. I really think that's it's exactly what you said. It's like, well if we know we can do this, then why would we spend money on the sure things? And let's use our money to retain the guys that we've created. And then and then that makes sense to me. Like let's do let's be the A's but keep Chavez and Tejada, Right. Or Angiami. I think that's the plan.
0: Yeah, they just need to get a, yeah. a traveling They're and just
1: uh, they're just seven to ten years away from having that <laughs> possibility. Um, well, one last thing, because you said at pre-show, what were you going to write in that article? <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so I, was, I mean, one of the things I already mentioned, which is that uh, it all that churn really sucks for the players. Um, like it's awful to go through all that just constantly, again and again. And, you know, even if it's better to be on a 40-man roster than not on a 40-man roster, like, having to pack up your life and move to Sacramento, and then having to pack up your life again and move to, like, Columbus, Ohio, or wherever, for your new Triple A team, I mean, that that is just very awful. And that's kind of a dehumanizing way to treat people, um, and I don't appreciate that. Uh, and then the other thing is, I was going to talk about Luis Gonzalez a little bit, um, because he's not really part of the churn, but he kind of is because he's what you're trying to find with the churn. And so, you know, you're hoping you're going to find someone who will catch lightning in a bottle like Gonzalez did for a couple of months this year. Um, and as much as he did deserve to be sent down, you know, he, he wasn't hitting and it's not like the defense and base running were very good. So what does that leave you with as a player? Not a whole lot. Um, you but know, you so, also
1: saw him do well yeah. sort of in all those areas. So, you know, it's there. Yeah.
0: You know, it's there. And yeah. so for a team that's probably not making the playoffs, you know, shouldn't you be playing Luis Gonzalez even when he he's in the middle of an awful slump, but then on the other hand, right. Uh, sending, sending him down to, to Sacramento worked for Joey Bart. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a lot to kind of think about whether or not that decision was a good one. um. And it it does make sense to me, and I think another thing to take into account is that the Giants are pushing to win every game, um, and if Luis Gonzalez is is, is pretty awful right now, uh, for whatever reason, then he's not going to help them do that. And so, you know, the the question you kind of opened this segment with was, why is it worth watching the Giants? And I, if they're not going to make the playoffs, and the answer is, if the team's playing good baseball, it's fun to watch them. I mean, it really doesn't have to be deeper or more involved than that. You can kind of ignore their, their championship aspirations. And just like if they have a September where they, they play 600 ball or even 550 ball, it'll be fun and you'll enjoy it. And that's really what we're in it for. The championship or bust mentality is kind of poisonous as a sports fan because it means that, that 2019, you're going to have incredibly shitty years. And one team's gonna have a great year, and I don't think that's how it works. I think that you can take those small victories, where you know if you have a good September, then you can enjoy it and you can hope that rolls into next year. If JD Davis hits eight homers in September, right, you'll be able to get really excited for him in 2023. Um, I'm just, and I think I'm that,
1: just laughing thinking about him grumbling as he runs the bases.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think that is worth a lot, and I think that's that's not something we should lose sight of
1: your mean mercedes also another
0: yeah exactly he's another one that you know when he's Take hitting it. he's really fun
1: yeah all right well that's a, that's a great note to end on because yeah you never know they some something could uh, light up under them and it could be a great september um and just fun to watch um all right check out doug's writing giantsdoug.subsec.com maybe he'll remember the dream he had about bruce bocce getting mad at us and write about it i don't know um that's cool um and then you don't need to find my writing anywhere because I'm not writing anywhere. I'm doing this podcast. But check out com for uh daily content. You got Brady over there writing some good stuff. Um and uh try to have him on the show before the end of the season. Thanks again for listening
0: and go giants. Go giants. Let's hope they're not terrible. <laughs> the the opposite sentiment <laughs> <laughs>